Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Mel Tucker restarts the whole team. The hoop squad emerges from the woods like Hillary Clinton in December 2016. And Whitmer says, Spartans will, motherfucker. PG-13 now, Michael. PG-13. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by my co-host, the hater, Kevin Greck, and my other co-host, the loser, Alex Plum. <laughs> Greckers, start with you. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm fine. I'm here talking to the worst, Michael Jones. <laughs> That's fair. If that was uh, an inside joke, I didn't get it. I didn't I didn't get it, so I just went with it. Just it. Hurtful. Wait, really? it just, it was just hurtful. Yeah. Just wait. Just to be mean for the sake of being mean. Yeah, I guess. You're not familiar with the tweet, happy 9-11 to all the haters and losers? Happy <laughs> 9-11. Oh my God. By someone who no longer has a Twitter account? Happy 9-11. I mean, that day after which he did, you know, probably right, have right. the tallest building in New York, even though he didn't, and you could have verified that, but uh, it didn't bother even back then. You did also hear the voice of my other co-host, Alex Plum. Plum, uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good because uh, I have been sick this week uh, with a nasty throat infection. And it looks like it's I'm turning the corner, knock on wood, knock on Yali, and uh, hi-ho the deario. So here we go. The abuse that your dog endures on this show. Uh, of course, thank you for listening to the show. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Give it a retweet on the Twitter, and if that feels too bold, just like it. You know, uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on the old Twitter machine, at Spartan underscore pod. Gentlemen, we have a fine show this week. Uh, we are, of course, going to do a green wall segment, where the sport that always leads, football, will come first. And we will talk a bit about Tom Izzo's impromptu COVID rant presser. Before we head off Grand River and talk about the stoppage of all athletic activities at University of Michigan in our segment called Off Grand River, we'll preview the games that we are very hopeful we will have this week uh, before we get to our Twitter questions. So with that, with my waveform going full body, let's start Mm. football. Mel Tucker had a lunch with Bill Beekman with some other coaches of other sports that we do not cover on this podcast. Uh, and I want to start here with, he said a few notable things. And I think the one that jumps out is that he said, by the time football season kicks up next year, there will be 34 new players on the football team of a team that has 85 scholarship players. He expects 34 new scholarship players. Hmm. Plum, I'll start with you. Uh, 34 is a big number. I don't, I, I truly don't know where to begin. It, it is, it's bold. I want to say it's refreshing. I'm excited. I 
wonder, I don't think it's unfair to think about uh, team dynamics. I mean, the football team, obviously, this isn't a small group of guys. This is a large, cumbersome body of, of individuals leading a football team is probably like managing a small business. You know, I, I don't frankly know how you do that, but, but that level of turnover with the amount of guys that are leaving it's post COVID. I want to make sure we're not doing something which damages the identity of the team. Maybe this is norm building and norm setting for the, the, this new era, this, uh, this Tucker era and the Tucker program and the Tucker process, which you've been talking about, but who boy, yeah, uh, that actually, that last part, Plum, that's what kind of concerns me, unless you have to, because you're putting, I think he also said in this uh, in this lunch conference that he wants to put 25 first round picks into the draft every year. Like, maybe if we have an Ohio State going, where, you know, so many guys are going to the league every year, you have that kind of turnover, it's fine. Uh, it's a, you know, a function of guys progressing out of the team i don't want this to become a habit though um i i i get that d'antonio had relatively small classes and most guys stuck around for five years and we weren't going to see that 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 was an anomaly at the time i would like somewhere in between the two in between you know recruiting football recruiting classes of what ended up being like 18 guys or something ridiculously small like that um and 34 so uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens once he, you know, once he gets his guys, go get those guys. Uh, but I, I'm really hoping this does not become a trend because I, I think you do need to have consistency on the football team from year to year. If you're going to build, if you're going to use those words that are so important, you know, program culture, that kind of yeah. stuff, you can't attrish a third of the team and hope to keep that. Great use. I think in fair, in fairness, it, you know, so to your point, D'Antonio had historically undersized recruiting classes mm-hmm. or, or a minimum to maintain threshold recruiting classes. He never, he never had, uh, he, he never processed people out, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, getting to 34 is partly a reflection of the small size of the D'Antonio class that came in. Um, and it's also a reflection of uh, some of the transfers out that, you know, uh, certainly happened. And um, it, it is notable in that same conversation, he had Matt Allen on, which, you know, he's, he's I think, holding on to some key guys where applicable, you know. Losing Rocky Lombardi, sure, probably was a bit of a locker room blow. But, you know, I got to believe that if he had, could have held on to Antoine Simmons for another year, he would have. Um, so the other interesting thing that came out of this conversation that's worth noting is that Jarrett Horst, the offensive tackle that we had uh, spoke about a few weeks ago from Arkansas State, and we were pretty excited about as a pickup on the team uh, seemingly it, it w- the the final two were Michigan State and Oklahoma uh, and Oklahoma apparently made a second run at Jarrett because it, it a transfer commitment doesn't mean anything until you're literally enrolled in classes this to me is notable only because or not only, but is, is primarily notable because this is a bit about the recruiting chops of Mel Tucker. Hmm. 
Lincoln Riley probably isn't used to losing out on guys over at Oklahoma. Yep. And, and to me, not only is clearly a talent pickup, but this is this was a hard fought battle and and speaks to the, the recruiting credentials of, of Michigan State. Is this something that, Greg, do you think we can keep this as a as something to bear in mind as we continue to evaluate the Mel Tucker era? Well, yeah, I mean, it indicates to me that this is going to happen eventually from the straight from high school guys. You know, we haven't really been able to see it yet because there have been so many restrictions. But uh, the other thing to consider in all of this is right now, Mel Tucker can sell playtime like you wouldn't like <laughs> Mel Tucker can sell wide open green pastures. So uh, I think it's a good indicator long term for how Mel is going to be recruiting here at MSU. But it, it could be a function of a number of things. It is interesting to me that while, you know, the high school recruiting has not been terrible, the uh, transfer portal recruiting has been way better. So yes. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's like a, if he's got away with guys that have already, you know, taken a couple of licks well, no. in, the, in the college Sample game. size. I mean, that's it's also sample true. Side. Yeah. You, there's, you're, not, you're comparing apples and oranges here. Now, I think what it should be said is he knows how to talk to guys. So you got to give him credit where you, you do have guys who've had some licks. I mean, listen, Mich- Michigan State has nothing to hang their hat on. The fact that he was able to recruit as many as, as many as he did with a program that has been lackluster at best the past two plus seasons, uh, to me, says he's he's you know, he's he's he's. He knows how to talk. He knows what to say. He's convincing. He's captivating. He's compelling. He's he's t- he's talking about a narrative that folks want to buy into. So I I am excited to see how that translates when he can start recruiting directly from high schools. Yeah, and and I think we'll probably have this conversation a little bit later. But I I, I do sort of quick survey of the room. Do we have higher expectations for MSU football next year than than th- than this yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, by by, I mean, like, by orders of like logistic improvement. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I mean, it, there are notable guys coming in at, at key positions of need that I would say I expect us to be maybe okay next year. Yeah, and and maybe okay. Put it on the yeah. resume. You heard yeah, it here first. If they, I mean, you know, if there's a reason to to temper expectations, I'll, I'll wait for it. But right now. I'm feeling a little bit high on MSU as being maybe okay next year. Jones, so, yeah, I'm going to endorse you as a maybe okay podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to endorse you as using some Alex Plum expletives. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were going Slenderman yeah, on that. I thought that, that was, was a real anyway. slender opportunity. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk some hoops though, because uh, it's, it's worth noting that in the past two weeks, I would say, we did more work on our previews than we historically do only for games to be shut down. I've learned my lesson about that. I <laughs> yes, don't know so about you guys. We're going to revert to the mean on this one. Uh, but the, uh, you know, games were the, the game against Illinois was canceled, um, which was part of a, a broader week or included a week that was meant to be off for the team. In, in that the Big Ten had, had selected two weeks where teams were not going to be playing, so that games could be rescheduled in them. It does not ho- help. It does not help having COVID in the middle of one of those weeks. Um, 
Tom Izzo had a presser addressing some of the additional positive tests. Um, Davis so, Smith was okay. sorry, just sorry to interrupt, but so we should just recap three games were, uh, were canceled for MSU mm-hmm. for COVID related reasons, Iowa, Indiana, and Illinois. And then we have an upcoming game against Michigan, which we'll cover in greater detail that has also been canceled. So there are now at this point, four canceled games on the schedule, but yes. Izzo had a press conference. Yeah. It, which it, so in addition to finding out what we did last week that Josh Langford had tested positive for COVID, we found that Davis Smith had tested COVID uh, positive, as well as two staff members, one of which we found out is Tom Tom Naren. Um, at this point in time, Izzo has pretty much said it's small group workouts that are being run by him and him alone. He's, you know, he feels a little bit more confident and safe doing that because of his own COVID infection at one point in time. Um, And the fact that Dwayne Stevens lost his father to COVID. Mm, Yes. Like that man has got to be scared. Like I've, yeah. In all of this, my heart goes out again to the Stevens family to, to lose your father in that way. And then to have to grapple with it at work, the same disease. I mean, that must be terrifying. And to find out in this press conference that 12 out of 15 MSU athletes have tested, MSU basketball uh, players have tested positive for COVID since August. Um, I want to talk a little bit about basketball, but before we do, Plum, I want to come to you on this because of the, one of the things that Tom Izzo, who, uh, you know, I'll let you chat a little bit about his press conference as well, but what struck me was that he's big on, scientist regulations he seems relatively apolitical though he dabbles in both camps a little bit um but he uh he he is he's talking about timelines for being able to be reinfected and what the players could be dealing with right now um as someone who uh has studied and works in public health can you talk about how reinfection works timelines etc Yeah, I mean, the evidence is limited, right? So we're still trying to make sense of a lot of what um, a lot of what the reinfection potential is. Uh, It looks like there is a uh, a, a, some window does begin to form at some point wherein your body's natural immunity does begin to wear off. I mean, that's common with almost all disease states Uh, at some point. You know, if if uh, smallpox came back today. Uh, you know, it would decimate the population because even though our, you know, we probably haven't been inoculated for it. Most, most Americans haven't anymore, but when it would happen in the seventies, our parents were inoculated, you know, we got, we got, we got rid of, we got rid of it in the seventies because we had effectively had herd immunity and it was gone. It went back to its, uh, its non-human reservoirs. So theoretically we could do that. Now we're seeing people were getting reinfected with COVID. We don't know if, if their bodies just never cleared it. Um, so we don't know if that was a reinfection by, by proxy or that was a reinfection, um, that was actually, you know, it happened because they were re-exposed to it after their body cleared it. Um, it's, it, it would be confusing, but not impossible. Uh, we are thankful to say that it isn't happening on a, on a large scale. It's not happening broadly or widely. Um, the research is not explicitly clear on, again, on severity. And some, there was a, a supposition at some time that uh, the severity of the illness it could could be correlated with or causal to um, reinfection uh, potentiality, but that hasn't been demonstrated in any large scale. 
um, trial because again, we don't have the data. So um, one of the reasons you know the, that these vaccine companies that started trials are still running them is because even after they they begin vaccinating folks, they want them to stay enrolled in the trial work so they can continue to get access to their blood, get access to samples because with that information, they can check and see your antibody levels. They can see whether you've been exposed again. They'll have immediate access to your symptoms. They can note and log and record all of that. That's the data that we need to actually draw that picture more broadly. So I think, you know, Tom Izzo sets himself apart from other of his more knuckle dragging compatriots because he follows the science. Um, he believes scientists. He believes that there are objective truths that we can actually set our watches to. And, uh, and when the science isn't explicitly clear on that, um, but there is some evidence to say there's a concern, what does Tom do? He, he prioritizes the safety of his players and the safety of his community. And, and that's, that's frankly, it's such a fucking low bar that it shouldn't even have to be celebrated. <laughs> and yet here we are celebrating Tom Izzo for just doing the normal human thing. But, you know, that's Tom Izzo. I, uh, I, I also want to give Izzo credit, but at the same time, in his most recent press conference, he was incredulous that he could have gotten it. And Tom, if 12 of 15 of your guys have gotten it, that is way above the rates of the general population. Like, yep. This is clearly risky behavior yep. to one degree or another, regardless of... Playing basketball, of, you mean. Playing basketball. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. yeah. Uh, so I... But, but, but think I of mean, it. it's hilarious that the state is considering letting uh, high school uh, go back to playing basketball or, when they don't have any of the same resources that are available to these college teams where there's incredible transmission in between. Well, I mean, I I was going to get on a completely sidetrack that we might be opening restaurants for indoor dining in February when we're on the cusp of this new B117 variant strain. Uh, You know, like, are are you literally insane? But I'll let that go. Part of the problem here is that by this point in the pandemic, and I think Izzo has fallen susceptible to this, which is the human, the natural human factor, which is, well, if I've, I've done everything that I've done until now and I still haven't gotten it, then, then maybe I'm not going to get it. Maybe I'm kind of, you know, out of the woods here. And he's thinking we've been playing basketball for how many weeks, for how many months we've been practicing. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Dwayne Steven, you know, his uh, mom dies or dad dies, uh, and father's eyes. And, uh, so you so you've got family members that are dying you've got players family members that are getting sick and, and you're thinking and, and and what we're doing has worked well okay maybe it's worked but the the bigger truth is your process has worked because it's inoculated your team no one in the team had gotten it and then as soon as someone in the team did watch the dominoes fall and now that's just a new experience he hasn't experienced that yet so that's where the incredulousness comes from uh but yeah to your point uh, Greg, not his finest press re- uh, press conference. He looked a little unhinged. <laughs> he did. I, I mean, I, I, I got to believe, though, that that Izzo is um, you, he gave a lot of credit to his players about following protocols. And and I, I do. I, I believe that Tom Izzo has followed protocols to the T. I don't know that you can say the same thing with confidence about his players when you have 12 out of 15 who have gotten it. And, and now let's not get into Twitter rumor now, Michael Jones. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, how do you have 12 out of 15? That's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, you know, well, his look, son was I, one I, of the let's, first. Let's, <laughs> one let's of the talk, most recent. Oh, okay. 
let's let's talk about this from a basketball perspective though because there is a, a concern about them coming back right they have a game that we will preview on the 28th um having spent no time doing team workouts right that 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 is a bit of a concern the conditioning is a bit of concern it is I, yeah i i will say for me the silver lining might be that the small group workouts hopefully include some combos that we need to be working better together. I'm thinking if Rocket Watts and Joey Hauser can be practicing together, that would be a good thing. Yeah. So it, I mean, conditioning is a concern, but how do you feel about this team coming out of a long pause period? Is that the word we want to use pause? Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, this is longer than any break that you would normally get in college basketball by a great deal. I mean, they haven't played in a, two weeks now basically right and they won't play for another four days so yeah, i don't yeah. even know if they'll have a team workout between now and then i mean that's a that's a long time that's an eternity and the next question is to my knowledge the big 10 has made up no canceled games is that correct are you either of you aware of any that's that's makeups? my knowledge correct yeah. so when is this gonna happen i i kind of buy this uh this idea that's going around that perhaps they cancel the big 10 tournament and they just bubble up and play a number of regular season rescheduled games to make sure that everyone gets a good number four or five or something like that. Um, I mean, that could decide, I don't know how many big 10 or NCAA tournament births doing something like that. So it's, I mean, let's be frank. We need that. Because yeah. absent a Big Ten tournament, at this team's current pace, we need a strong finish. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we... And I don't... Honestly, the Big Ten is seemingly deep enough that even if you even if you scheduled anybody but Nebraska for the last three games, the, you know, the bottom tier of the Big Ten, you know, your Indiana, Northwestern, and... I mean, do you want to put Rutgers as the other one? Well, it's tough because when you look at the Big Ten, I mean, there's just a ton of Ken Palm Big Ten teams. Maryland, Penn State, like I, 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 either either way, being the point, like you could you would still schedule three games with the bottom tier of the Big Ten, and they would still be three quality wins. So, it, absent a Big Ten tournament, I, I I think we need to make these games up some way somehow. Sure, um, and so. I don't, I don't know. We're going to preview games later on, but I, I, I have deep concerns about the energy of this team coming out of, of this pause in, in particular, because it seems to me that the, the team is at its best when it runs and absent the running that's necessary. I, I am concerned about the team's ability to, to compete at the level it needs to. And form an identity. That's another problem the team has. Don't get me started. They're not practicing. Don't, yeah, don't get me started. I don't have the energy. Not the, today. The Big Ten represents fully one quarter of the Ken Palm tw- top 50 teams. Yeah. Um, 12 of 50 teams. 24%. Unreal. It's it's a deep, strong league. Um, and I'm, I'm concerned about coming back after all of this. Uh, obviously... <laughs> It, 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 we shouldn't need to say it, but I will. I, I'm most concerned about their health and safety. 
I'm not, I don't mean to be that as a dismissive hat tip to, to health and safety. Obviously I really want all of these, these people to be safe, but uh, if we're going to talk basketball, which is what we care about here for this escapism, I want them to be uh, good. And I don't know that this helped them. So let's go to our ad sponsor. <laughs> uh Mortgage rates are very, very, very near historical lows. Exceptionally low rates, you guys. And if you happen to be in the market to buy a home, we've got a mortgage loan originator for you. Our friend, friend, Brandon Sands, has closed over 10,000 loans and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. He's really like a mentor to me, mm-hmm. really. Like, mm-hmm. friend doesn't quite cover it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentor. Mm. Our uh, mentor, life coach, news. Brandon Sands, <laughs> has closed over 10,000 loans, and it works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon sets himself apart because he has a consultative approach. He'll talk income. He'll talk goals. He'll talk short-term, long-term. You know, he'll, he'll sell you money at a good rate. Uh, if you happen to be on the market to buy a home or your current home loan is 4% or higher, you are probably paying too much. Reach out to Brandon. He's helping other people save hundreds, sometimes thousands per month, particularly if you can consolidate some high interest debts. You can find him at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's rate.com backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z, rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. Gentlemen, let's get to the segment I've been most excited to talk about because of conspiracy <laughs> theories. So, uh, the university plum i'm gonna get to you i'm gonna get to you but the university of michigan stand back and stand by (laughs) (laughs) so the university of michigan had someone in their athletics department test positive for the new strain of covid um some are people some people are calling the uk virus um that is considered more contagious and as reported by the UK, more lethal as well. And, and I believe the stats are up to 50% more contagious COVID-19 B one, 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 seven, uh, Google that it'll come up real. Um, but there's, all right. So there's some thought that the governor decided to shut down U of M athletics because she's a Spartan and that's a thing that happened. Um, I would also say this is the same week that the governor received a semi-viral letter from someone who asked someone to explain the sport of basketball to the governor so that uh, she would uncancel high school athletics because it, because there's virtually no spread in basketball because players aren't not next to each other. Um, which I think we've sufficiently debunked on the show. Mm, Uh, Uh, Apparently this is a very terrible high school coach that wrote this letter who doesn't tell his team to crash the boards. I guess we we don't, we don't rebound on this team or defense. No defense. Such, such, Oh my God. It's such a bad faith argument. Oh, it's so awful. And shut up guy. Mansplained the shit out of basketball to, to governor Whitmer. Also, uh, I'm just gonna say, I've seen I've seen Whitmer at some MSU games. She's been there. Uh, she knows the she knows the sport. She knows what she's big doing. League. Where so, did you see her, Greg? Where were you when you saw her? I was at the Breslin Center. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but but where? 
Where in the wrestling I, center? I was at Breslin Center, and she was at Breslin Center. <laughs> Continuing <laughs> on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Plum, so I, I do think it's worth spending a moment on the new strain of the virus, what we know about it. And in uh, all sincerity, I think we are a bit bummed out uh, because we don't like Michigan playing basketball when we can't. And we don't like Michigan being good at basketball when we aren't because we're not familiar with that concept. So uh, we don't like any of those things, that, but them being shut down for 14 days and, and um, uh, it feels inauthentic to potentially reclaim some glory while they're not able to play, right? So tell the people what's going on here. Well, first credit to uh, the uh, Michigan Daily, the student uh, news publication at the University of Michigan. Uh, and that's just a side note. We, we always like to give credit to uh, student news publications when they do good things, especially calling uh, <laughs> asshole coaches out for abandoning their teams. But that's a different story for Oh, we're going to get to that later. Um but anyway, cheers to Ethan Sears and his colleagues at the Michigan Daily for breaking the story. Uh, so yeah, effective today, uh, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, which has um, legislatively enabled, so the state legislature in the state of Michigan has pa- passed laws back in the 40s and 50s, which gives the director of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services the police authority um, to quarantine individuals, to order lockdowns, uh, to, to, in this case, um, man, put a mandatory pause in all athletics activities for the next two weeks, uh, starting today at the University of Michigan, um, in order to protect the public's health. Um, and so, uh, and so, when uh, the state supreme court ruled in partisan fashion against the governor's emergency um, authorizations, uh, uh, which were evidence based and obviously geared toward promoting the public health, the it just fell then instead of the governor doing it to her uh, her director of health and human services. Um, who has the uh, who has the state police power to do that? So anyway, who's um, retiring? By the way, we he, should talk about that off mic. Sure. Sometime. Well, he I don't think he isn't retiring. He's already uh, resigned um, and quickly too. So I'm not sure uh, under whose authority this um, came out. Whether it was his uh, before he resigned or if it's uh, his acting replacement at this point. That's a position that does have to be affirmed by the by the state legislature. So um, so that's that's the background to this. Where it comes from, uh, a female athlete. Um, who is British, a UK national, uh, had received a negative test two days before her trip from the UK to Michigan, um, and uh, and she came uh, she came back had a negative test and was and was carrying the the, the new uh, strain this B one point one point seven strain of the coronavirus. Um, so um, yeah, they've uh, they've got a bunch of information out there. It's pretty easy to find on, on the internet right now. In fact, I think the Washtenaw County Public Health Department is looking for individuals who are at a certain Myers and a certain uh, maybe the Briarwood Mall or whatever uh, during a certain periods of time on uh, Sunday a week ago. So um, because they want to be sure that they can do oh, wow. some contact tracing on this, it's serious. The this new strain is um, is is quite virulent. It's spreading. Uh, at least uh, two or three times, I think, the rate at which um, – uh, well, they're saying 50 to 75 percent. So yeah, two to three or so times uh, of the rate that, that coronavirus spreads. Coronavirus, by the way, is already very virulent. It already spreads very easily in the air through sneezes, coughs. Uh, it's very transmissible. And so the fact that this is even more transmissible is a big, big concern. Initial – Research into this again. We didn't have much data because it was a new strain. Was that it wasn't any deadlier, but it's just been announced by apparently uh, British Prime Minister and famous Muppet Boris Johnson 
um, that it's uh, which I don't know what his claim to any of this data is that uh, it could be also up to thirty percent deadlier. Which just for numbers' sake, um, it, it, I think that what they're talking about is if you if you looked at an individual in their sixties, a man in his sixties, uh, the average in fact the average risk that you die for every thousand men in their sixties who would get it, um, ten would be expected to die. That's that's the sort of rate risk. Um, for that age range here it, for, with this new variant, instead of 10 dying of those 1000, it'd probably be closer to 13 or 14. So not insignificant. I mean, that's, that's three or four more people that, that, that don't need to die, but it's not, we're not talking about, you know, a tremendous, we're not double tripling the risk. Right. So, um, yeah, but, uh, but I believe, uh, NIH or the CDC has predicted that this will be the prevalent strain in the United States by, by March, March. By March. And in Michigan now could be very much wow. sooner. I just saw a news alert come across that there's already somebody, a man in Wayne County, he's already been diagnosed. So that's the case, checking out where, you know, people are still coming into work. Obviously, no one's wearing a mask because apparently it's too gauche. So it's, um, yeah, it's uh, it's the real thing. Yeah, and and I think it was, it was just look, we want this to be a light and fun podcast. And we want this to be escapism, but it is, it is worth mentioning again, obviously wear your mask, but I've even found that sometimes I have hopped into a store with like a gator on, but, uh, the surgical masks, the not N99, N95, but the other ones are considered to be more effective, right? Plum, the triple layer mask. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, at this point, any mask, in fact, they're even saying double up your masks, right? So if you're wearing cloth masks, you should be washing them regularly. Um, if you have a couple on, it's great. You know, the thing is masks are protective for you and they're protective for the people that are around you. Um, having that layer in between what you're breathing in is, is actually can even catch stuff from you breathing it in. So we really, especially right now with this new strain around folks should definitely be um, doing everything they can to, to create that distance, to limit your time in contact with other folks, really try to, you know, avoid going out to the grocery store, avoid going out, touching things, being in people's presence, especially right now. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're on the cusp. These vaccines are getting sent out. Like we're so really are so close. So close. And in the interest of being bipartisan where we can, do want to give credit to, to Mitt Romney, who really pioneered that double mask wearing look, yes. you know, yes. double, yep, bag, double bag it. Yeah, here, here you can uh, totally double nope. bag it. Love that for us. What about what about if you have some sort of projectile protruding from your face, a la Jim Harbaugh, uh, giving real distance between the mask and your face? Is that considered good? Yeah. Plum, I'm relying on is that considered yeah, good. Yeah, no. Uh, a face a face erection. Yeah. Is a face erection yeah. good? Yeah. If you have khakis with your face erection, then you can be uh, tolerated, but for the average individual, no. We need that mask to be as snug as it can be on your little face. Your nice little put them. Great. Snug All right, rug, bug. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh Anything else we got on Michigan? Oh, uh, Plum, I, I believe you wanted to talk a little bit about Swim and Dive and just give a shout out to the University of Michigan. I did. Late. And I do think that it's important when we can, uh, in the again, in the spirit of bipartisanship, in the spirit of uh, we are not Democrats or Republicans or Wolverines or, well, we are all Spartans, but uh, that, you know, we, we look across the aisle. Or in this case, we look across the pool. Um, we've obviously decried the fact or uh, at least reported on the fact that the university and uh, the illustrious uh, 
ill-fitting suit wearing Bill Beekman has decided amongst other uh, illuminaries that the Michigan State University men's and women's swim and dive program is to be terminated at the end of the season. And uh, while they were at their meet uh, down in Ann Arbor, uh, the last time the teams will uh, presumably see one another, um, uh, at the end of the meet, the uh, the the men and women's team and the women's team, I guess rather, uh, the Michigan women's team started the Go Green Go White chant with the uh, with the Michigan State team from across the pool. It was uh, something they had planned. Uh, they hadn't prepared or told Michigan State beforehand, and it caught them off guard. You could see in the video the emotional reaction from the Michigan State players. I think it's just a very classy, classy act. I think it's something to celebrate. Um, you know, you, you don't want to lose these these programs or these rivalries, and I think it just demonstrates the the comradeship, the collegiality that exists. The rivalry um, is deep, and it's deep because the teams respect each other, and I think that's something to be acknowledged. Um and uh, and the fact they did that, I think, it owes a certain bit of a, a, a doff of the cap uh, to that to the program, to the leadership there, and that was appreciated by the Spartan. Yeah, uh, I wanted to hate it, but I couldn't. And um, I we did have a, a swim dive person reach out to us on Twitter, which I'm very thankful for. And I was uh, note. Uh, mindful of the the banner picture they had which is that uh it was a sort of a question about how do you produce olympians it's by having olympic sports and um those are not revenue sports uh but it 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 struck me and uh, however the the saga with with swim and dive shakes out i i think we can say with confidence that we will be mournful of the loss of Spartans on, on the competitive field or pool in this case. But um, I don't want to thank the Wolverines for anything, but I was thankful for the, for the gesture. Uh, It was, it was heartfelt and and meaningful, but uh, with that, let's head to our heartfelt and (laughs) and meaningful sponsor in preserved homemade. Um, Preserved, Preserved Homemade is a good and provision store bringing the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. We've got good news. Cookies? Gentlemen, are you ready cookies? for Cookies? Cookies? You sound are there, like are there cookies in the, in the break room that can't read? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I need to go check that out. We have good news in that we will have actual news next <sighs> week. There will be a meaningful drop of some preserved bloody goodness. Oh, cool! And I think you can you can sense the snark of not being able to order some preserved homemade because we all actually genuinely love their treats and want to be able to access them. We get the Uh, shakes, man. You can't see it, but I am scratching at my face, and we're all right. We're frankly angry at our sponsor. For not being able to give us more. Let's put it on the table yeah. here, okay? Yeah. Darn it. Lay it out there. You know, they, they've been withholding these chocolate chip cookies for a month and a half. It's too I have long. to get on the air and talk about how great too they long. are, and then I can't even eat them. What what special hell is that? Frankly, it's it's mean. It's Churlish. just mean. <laughs> yeah. Churlish. I love that word. Uh you can find Preserved Homemade, and you will be able to get the news potentially before you hear it. I hear it here on the podcast at Preserved underscore Homemade on Instagram or head to their website at Preserved-Homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you love some homemade goodness. Nice. So Gentlemen- if you are uh, one of the people, I'm sorry to interrupt, who, and this is true, have reached out to us on Twitter and said, 
Why can't I get any of the preserved homemade stuff? What's going on with the website? This is your notice next week. We all get to go back on there and make an order. Yeah, uh, it, it, which it actually is a testament to the quality of their goodness. Um, but it was a, a, a you know, you, you got to get that certification for the pickled goods. I mean, if if you've got the sweets, you need the the sour, right? Back me up. Yes, yes, uh, pickle. Yeah, pickles. It's 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 weirdly a real thing. It's 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 regulations. Regulations. Pickles. Anyway, um, I am I am thrice deep in some nugget nectar and some hop mm-hmm. slam. So someone help me through some game previews. We are Rec- so we will- Rutgers. I'm going to just keep... If you can believe it. We're going to keep doing this. This is actually the segment. The segment is just Greg and I going back and forth with this. That's your preview. Are you guys... Do you guys find that rolling your R's when I failed Spanish because I can't roll R's (laughs) among other reasons... To be like not going to class. I don't, there's just there's a certain you know. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't swear on this podcast. PG thirteen, Michael. I don't. PG thirteen. Oh my god. All right, Greg <laughs> Rutger. Yes. Uh, down to uh, well, if you can believe it, uh, Rutgers is MSU's second most recent opponent. It's because there's a how few games. Was that in 2011 played. or 2012? Uh, it's been it's been a long. I don't know. How many points did Keith Applin <laughs> score in that last game against Rutgers? Uh, Rutgers since then though has been playing games. They're in fact one in three over that time with losses to Ohio State, Wisconsin, and uh, Penn State. Lone win against Indiana, by the way. But somehow uh, still within that that top Kempom 50. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, they, they're putting up good numbers. I mean, it's a it tough is. conference right now. So, yeah, they're they're down to Ken Palm 41. Um, they got housed mm-hmm. by Ohio State in their last game. But uh, Ron Harper's still out there, Ron Harpering, uh, except for the fact that the last time he played MSU, he was uh, 5 for 12, I believe, from the field and shot poorly from three. So uh, if they could just redo that. They've scout- lost the last five of their uh That's their many, six, by the way. That's many lose. Okay. That's that's quite a skid, uh, quite a skid. That's like a that's about how many attempts it took Mike Jones to pass Spanish, and it was not good. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> key to the game. I think he's crying. Key to I think the game. Crying. Defense. Defense. Defense again. I'm laughing. Yeah, but I'm crying. Rutgers. Rutgers shot just thirty percent in that game, uh, and and three for for twelve, which is effectively so, one for four. Uh, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. Yep. You could you reduce, reduce that, that fraction, fraction yep. all the way down one to four. one for four. Uh, so just run that scout again, MSU. Who, you know, whoever put that yeah. together, Dane. Yeah, we won't be playing this game, but that. Uh, but it's that. nice to think about us playing about it. It's <laughs> nice to think about us playing about. It. And then, it, go it, ahead. It, it was worth mentioning that Rutgers ran with tempo and we kept up. I, it, the, the criticism of the MSU team has been they play the game that the, the opponent yes. gives them and Rutgers gave them the game that they want to play. Yes, and so, so do that again, please, Rutgers. Yes, please. Please do not play Purdue, Wisconsin, or as we will talk about, Ohio State-esque 
because running is to their advantage. Well, let's talk about a team. So, let's, yeah, let's talk State. about a team where the tempo is not quite to their advantage, uh, which is Ohio State. So, uh, week from today, again, another game probably not. Well, man, 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 maybe. Uh, Today, yeah, being Sunday. today being Sunday. Yes, right. Today being Sunday. Maybe we play a week from today on Sunday, 31st, 1 o'clock, CBS. Check it out. Uh, Ugh, national Well, but TV. they have to. I mean, it's yeah. you know, t- should be a top-flight Big Ten competition, and no doubt why. I mean, Ohio State right now, offensively, number Ken Palm 5. They're 12th overall in the Ken Palm ranking, but 283rd in tempo. So big contrast when you compare in terms of the, the pace of the game from what that Rutgers game could represent um, to what it will look like on that uh, on that upcoming. Rutger. I, I, Rutger. They have well, not earned the You know, have we? So um, 15th uh, <laughs> in the AP, uh, 18th on the coaches poll. Uh, Michigan State, I think, is 42nd in one of those or neither of those. It's truly irrelevant. It's been so long since we've played. I forgot how polling works. Um, guys to watch. Uh, Dwayne Washington, uh, shooting guard, 38% from behind the three right now, um, which is pretty good. Uh, C.G. Walker, who runs point for them, um, nearly as good. So, you know, th- the numbers are where you want to see them for Ohio State. I think the bigger piece um, for Ohio State's uh, – tactical ability though is their ability to move the ball around um and i think when you when you are talking about a team in the big 10 uh every strategic piece comes from leadership from from handling from control from managing turnovers from managing boards and the point i think that i want to make about this ohio state team having watched several of their games this season is how mm-hmm. well they do um at at being able to sort of manage um manage the rebound situation. And uh, I would point out Mr. Justin Arns, brother of brother Kyle Arns, shooting 50% from three on a good number of attempts too. So uh, shutting him down, keeping him out of the the uh, stat line is also going to be very, very important uh, for this game. Can't yeah. let him go off. Can't let yeah. him go off. Honestly, this is a game where this is a test of MSU's ability to dictate pace. As we talked about just a moment ago with Rutgers playing into potentially our strength, this is an opportunity for MSU to dictate uh, the speed of a game against a team that doesn't want to play fast. And hopefully uh, they do that. But with that, let's head to a not a sponsor, uh, which... Plum, this is this is too timely. How did you bring Listen, this guy uh, in? We've we've been in some conversations for a while. He's notoriously difficult to land, and I think you'll know why. He he travels around the world. Uh, he, he he's uh, he's not the most um, well. Let, let's just get into it. Uh, he's a weirdo. Listen, guys, this week's episode of Can't Read Can't Write is not brought to you by Steven Seagal, and specifically Steven Seagal at Home, the famously bad production company, which is out with a new series of direct-to-VHS self-defense videos. And that's right, and for a limited time, listeners of the pod who use the promo code LIONS will get a bonus fifth video highlighting (laughs) what they're calling tactical desperation maneuvers. Taught by taught by brand new Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell. All right, so while Seagal's primary defense postures draw from the practice of Aikido, which directs an opponent's energy against him, Campbell's approach is uh, we could say more direct. 
So lesson one focuses on how to remove an assailant's front and incisor teeth using only your foot. Um, <laughs> lessons two and three hone in on effective kneecap removal using your mouth, um, which I think is followed by the sort of lay down, play dead, and bite the ankle decoy. Um, so, and then I think the, the fourth lesson is, I guess, uh, if, if all else fails, Campbell will demonstrate how what the proper technique is for smiling at your attacker after he's repeatedly punched you. So, you know, I, we're encouraging you to head on over to Steven Seagal at home and order before these sell out because that that fifth uh, bonus video from Dan Campbell is uh, is one worth getting. And hell, if strategies like this work for the Lions, they're bound to work for you. <laughs> it is unnerving when you punch Dan Campbell in the face smiles and he you. just smiles yep. at you. I've I've walked away every time that yep. that's happened. It's, it's unnerving. Just, it's yeah. odd. But hey, mission yeah. accomplished. Self defense. But that's what you get when you step to motor city. There you, there you go. So, <laughs> there it is. It's gonna happen. All right, let's head to Twitter questions, and we got a right batch for this week. First up is Mama Maple Leaf, my frenemy. One fascinator segment. Each week, this is when we were trolling for segments, uh, highlight a fascinating sports figure and remind us of their impact on sports and society. How about starting this week with Hank Aaron? Uh, we probably will not turn this into a segment, Mama Maple Leaf. Also, you only have one question. Why did you number it? I, I um, thought Mama Maple Leaf Fascinator. Isn't that like a fetching lady's hat, a fascinator? Or what? what is does that? It, does it, do you fasten it to your head? I think a, fa- a fascinator. Fa- yeah, it's like, it's like a little mini hat or something that just sits in your hair. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, it but, is. Uh, it is. I feel bad yeah. making a joke. Yeah. It's uh, a style of millinery. Millinery. <laughs> For those who don't know, Hank Aaron... Un- <laughs> Predictably, I guess, in the sense that we all do, uh, passed away this week. But it was mm. sad all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank Aaron, uh, for those who maybe don't follow baseball or don't know, was the person who broke Babe Ruth's record. Uh, Hank Aaron was black, and I believe nearly to his death received hate mail. The hate mail for his uh, record-breaking efforts. Um, Good God. Great. I, I, I mean, honestly, the I, I don't know. You know, sports is, is, is strange, and I look at it sometimes as a testament to people and their ability to rise above um, and, and be selfish in, in some instances and selfless in others, that he was able to do that on his own um, despite what was going on around him was yeah. pretty remarkable. Yeah. Here, here. Uh, and inspiring. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what I got on Hank Aaron. Anyone got anything else to say? No, very sad. Um, heart goes out to the family. Truly, truly a legend. legend. Well said. Yes. Truly. Yes, absolutely. Truly a legend. Uh, that is an overused phrase, yep. but not here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was a all-star for like 20 seasons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, um, dude was a badass. Yeah. Crazy. I'm- crazy unbelievable baseball career 25 imagine barry bonds without the roids that was hank aaron um next up we have elon bloom uh which before we get to elon bloom's questions i think it's worth mentioning that elon bloom shared on twitter recently that his daughter 
was admitted to Michigan State University. And ow, ow! Yeah, uh, I, I, I can only imagine that as a new father. Um, and I just, I think from all of us, we can say whatever your, your daughter chooses, congratulations to her. Because she she certainly has the chops to be anything she wants to yes. be. Here, here. So, um, and also, congrats, Mr. Bloom. Well done. Yeah. Or Mr. Yes. Lind Bloom. Lind Bloom, as it were. It's Lind Bloom. You know that. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, anyway, first question from Elin Bloom is: Will the women's basketball team be ranked higher than the men's at the end of the season? And I'm not laughing because. I'm laughing at women. I'm laughing because it's yeah, and, and deservedly they so. They did just have a big win, I think. Uh, a crushing win. They they won by like 30 points. Yeah. Against Wisconsin, I think. Yeah, I believe that is correct. Yes. Though I, I do think it, it, it potentially depends on you. Get, are you guys familiar with Scott Bell? The Scott Bell ph- no. phenomenon? No, I'm not. Oh, so Scott Bell is some um, uh, deputy assistant editor at some uh tiny newspaper in in the Detroit area but he has a quite a large uh, U of M following and uh, and he he released a, a list of times at MSU because he has jokes air quotes <clears throat> emphasis on jokes about MSU but times that they have finished lower than their preseason ranking and it ends up being that's often if you stop ranking MSU at the time of the tournament um, he doesn't <laughs> He doesn't count final fours, for instance, as how you ended up at the end of the season. So uh, I still think it's likely that this women's team ends up better. But I do think it's there's a weird world in which um, uh, what was the year that U of M went to the finals that they played absolutely nobody? I don't care. Several years ago. But it's possible MSU has that kind of experience. And, uh, you know, so there's that. Anyway, Scott Bell, you're trash. Uh, what's next? Uh, Elon Bloom, what are your expectations for Mel's second year, assuming a normal fall? Which, Plum, I think maybe we can assume a normal-ish fall. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing right now is, again, and I, I'm not trying to harp, but you, you folks, have, even with the vaccines that are going on, even if you get your vaccine, folks need to still be wearing masks at least into the summer. I think the current thinking is, even if, you know, President Biden... Oh, that's the first thing I think I've said that out loud. That felt very nice to say out loud. Um, God, that really felt nice. Uh, if Even if the president uh, does authorize the Defense uh, Mobilization or Production Act and we get in, you know, insanely high numbers of vaccines out, you know, we're still looking at the summer before we're at a place where I think we could feel confident that we've got this thing back under control. And if that's the case, I am very excited to say I think we would have a normal fall. With a great Lovely. second year for Mel Tucker with a nine-win season. Great. Yeah, there That's we it. go. There's there's the there expectations. Um, real My quick, question answered, finally. Mr. Lim Bloom, I believe a couple weeks ago, you asked, I believe it was you, what kind of data we get about our listeners. And the answer was very little, right? That question has bothered us uh, because we do. Uh, we I think we would prefer to be a data driven podcast if we could be. We decided after talking about it that maybe the best way to go about this is to put out a listener survey, which sounds lame, 
and it, indeed it is. But I, <laughs> but you work I, in surveys. You work yes, in surveys. I do indeed. Uh, so we're we're putting the final touches on something like this. I think it's going to go out on Twitter, and then we'll probably uh, reference it next week as well. But we, uh, I think we're trying to put together some kind of mechanism where we can get some kind of feedback and identify what works on the podcast and where we can improve. Because it would be very nice if, for example, Spotify's listener metrics were reliable and could tell us anything. Um, so anyway, uh, that's your legacy, Mr. Lim Bloom. Appreciate it. Uh, next up from Mr. Kamansky, what kind of oil does Greg prefer to use when podcasting? Is there a specific brand he always uses? What is? What does this mean? Do you know what this means? Well, yes, I do, because he made a reference, or you made a, Plum made a reference to Greg being lubed up <laughs> uh, during during podcasts. And uh, so Nick, apparently in a, a, a desperate attempt to feel as alive and attractive as you do, which is saying something for a three-star Slenderman, mm-hmm. um, yeah. wants to know, is it a corn oil, an avocado oil, maybe something synthetic, a silicone base? You know, uh, right, right now it's uh, it's coming from Flying Fish Brewing Company. It's an Abbey Dubel. Is it Dubel? 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 D u b b e l. Say it more. How do you pronounce that that kind of beer? No, say it more. Dubel. Dubel. You, you know that's from New Jersey, by the way. That's great. Uh, I went there to get it from them and bring it home, and I didn't tell you that I was in town. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question from Nick Kamansky. Uh, what was your favorite Michigan MSU game from the Mike Hart era? Um, all of them, Nick, I would say they hardened us. They, yeah, the one they that made us who we are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, probably the one where he, he did the little brother thing. Yeah. Right. What, Nick, what was your favorite game from the entire era since Mike Hart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, huh? That's uh, nice. Paul, no, I, think I don't know who my cart is. Isn't it pronounced my cart? I don't even know. Who cares? <laughs> Small. And person. finally, for Mr. Kamansky, this week's podcast ratings: uh, Greg Jonesy and Plum are all oh. dudes for not even noticing that there were no Ooh. rankings last week. And Nick is a total abject failure for oh, getting self, the ratings. Uh, also, hatred. Yeah, that. Mm. Uh, Nick asks, how do we feel about Lad as opposed to Chap for the highest rating? I think Lad is better. I agree. I think that's definitely an upgrade. Lad's. Still weird and not right, but, you know, fine. Uh, next up, j 2021 season, football and basketball, which <laughs> I got to say, by the way, that we have genuinely loved that we there's been some newcomers to the twitter questions which seem like longtime listeners first time questioners and uh welcome we love seeing you um first question is and only question will the long covid layoff actually help msu basketball get back on track uh that is a similar question to the cut question from elon bloom which is any chance Izzo has figured out a proper rotation during the hiatus? Yeah, I mean, if he hasn't, uh, if he hasn't, I don't. I mean, a part of me, when he was sounding off in this sort of semi-unhinged press rambling that he called, 
a few days ago, I was expecting him, you know, because he, he's like, well, some of you guys have been, you know, and I don't know if I respect all of your work. And I was like, oh, careful, Tom, you're sounding like a nut job. But, you know, I thought he, where he was going to go was sort of like you guys keep questioning the process because I keep distributing minutes like we've joked. Oprah gives out free cars to people. And um, and so, you know, his defensiveness, I think, about what he ended up choosing his time to, to talk about, I think, belies the fact that he is still – I think he's still aimless. I think he's drifting. So I, I would like to have thought that it would have helped. Um, I am nervous that it hasn't. And I'm nervous, you know, he kept talking about middle of January, middle of January, middle of January. Everything's going to turn around. Well, we've now blown past the middle of January with no games because of this COVID situation. So I, I hope to God we're not just unmoored and we're going to get back out there and he's still throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, am I wrong? I, no, you're not. I, I would like to believe that that he actually maybe has turned the corner on the mm-hmm. defense a bit. Um, and because even that just, I, I don't know, kick in the taint loss to yeah. Purdue. Um, right in the gooch. The, the, the fact of the matter is we still held them to, what, 55 yeah. points? Like, I mean, there are high school games that are higher scoring than that. So, uh I would like to believe that maybe we've turned the corner on that and that maybe some of these individual workouts have, have uh, done wonders for rocket and Joey, which I, those guys need to get working because as much as I want Gabe Brown to be a star, Gabe Brown has done absolutely nothing to indicate that he can be a star. Well, he has, he does for five, five minute stretches once every four games. Okay. Thank you. All right. (laughs) So, Uh, I'm afraid that there's going to be a hangover from this, but we'll find out. Next up from Raymond Chains, a new show. It's Sweeps Week, or it's no, yes. Sweeps is when they try to remain on the air. It's Pilot Week, we'll say. Uh, behind the scenes with Tom Izzo, producers wonder if footage of the coach spanking an adult Steve <laughs> Izzo oh should God. make it onto the oh air. Also debated is the usefulness of the team having a smoke session before the games. <laughs> it's like it's a seventies football game. So uh, I have the, to, I have to share room. a small small law school tid- tidbit. Uh, there's a contracts case that is is seminal called Carbolic Smoke Bomb. That's essentially a guy traveling town to town with inhaling smoke as your as your your cure all to like pneumonia. Your tonic, literally your tonic yes is inhaling smoke um and i love the idea that that tom Izzo is essentially doing carbolic smoke bomb as <laughs> as covid preparation it'll it make makes, a man of him it'll it make a man of the joy. team true joy yeah. uh but i it's so it's so clearly the content is we all want to see stevie is a spanked um uh, why'd you think, take that three? Why'd you take that three? Devotees of the uh, of the program will know that Tom Izzo teams um, uh, historically have not been strangers to smoking. Um, anyway, uh, next up, Mr. Plum from Raymond Chains. What can I do to ensure an MSU victory over U of M basketball? This feels like my I would travel to Washtenaw County right now, um, start breathing in as many public places as you can without a mask, and then break into um, – <laughs> the the men's team and see if you can continue to disrupt uh, what's going on and i guarantee you that at the very least we won't lose to them because we won't play 
I, I think we could probably do better than biological warfare, but I'll take it. Uh, the next <laughs> one is also for you. Uh, does Alex Plum drink Red Bull while recording you know, the show? You know, Raymond, uh, little known but maybe well-known fact is I'm very caffeine sensitive. So I can have about one um, cup of coffee a day. Sometimes it has to be like a half-calf cup though because I get way too jittery. So, no yeah, so Red Bull would put me right over the edge. And if I had that at night – we're close friends. That really? I, I drink decaf when I was over uh, over the summer. Oh, you know, actually, when I travel on vacation, when I travel on vacation, I will drink more regular coffee. I just will. I'll pay for it. So. With your anchor. In the long run. In the long yeah. Run. Next up is B-List, who says, let's go full QAnon. Nice. How are these three, th- three things connected? Bernie's mittens, Tucker's interest in birding, and Melania Trump. <laughs> this is this is peak yeah. segment yeah. fishing right here. Oh my gosh. In fact, I'm looking ahead just a moment. Both of these questions are peak segment fishing. So here's what you do. You take a big, you take Bernie sitting down, you blow it up uh, at, you know, you make a fat head of it. So yep. we keep it MSU yep. related. And then you hide it in the back of Tucker's yard. So when he sees it and freaks out on Twitter, because it's amazing, Melania will respond, I don't care to you. That's right. And that's the signal. That's the signal that it's time for the third wave. That's the signal. (laughs) Sorry. The storm is here. here. That that, that shit's Q level. That is Q level clearance, you guys. (laughs) Next up from B-List is thoughts on Mm. Bitcoin. It's at a it, yeah, and, and up, it is, right? and it Bitcoin is, is it back? is though, like it really is. Uh, have we given up on the idea that Bitcoin is a hedge, though? Didn't it plummet earlier this year? When the you don't need to bring plum into it. You know, I don't think we need to do that. Plummeted. <laughs> do either of you have? Not that we're asking to get hacked. You know, trying to go after those coin boys, coin based wallets. But do either of you have crypto? No, no, no. I don't. I uh, I have thought about it at times, but I've never. I keep taken my the money in the mattress. Is my my thing because money is real, and not certainly a fake notation of anything. I just can't buy into the like the idea of it as an alternative currency because it just I can't pretend that it's, it's my money and so I no, want it now. JG Wentworth. <laughs> Our former sponsor had a uh, a Bitcoin wallet station at their uh, their former sponsor location. Really? Yeah, you could use uh, Bitcoin at uh, former sponsor. Huh. That's how they paid for the wood paneling. All Love that, that Bitcoin. For them. Yeah, all the, all those proceeds. Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Taylor Anderson asks Jonesy. What was the first legal? That's why I gave this to you. Sports bet in Michigan based on the pop members of the pod have made well, only so two why, of us are in michigan so yeah, so why would you send this to me uh because the word legal was there uh as i was reading it uh did you guys see what the first actual bet in the state was made by no. uh my state senator i believe mr uh curtis hertel uh good man i believe uh bets ten dollars that msu would win the national championship this year First online bet in, made in the what? state of Michigan uh, in basketball. So okay. uh, odds are pretty good, pretty favorable odds on that one. Uh, Plum, are you uh, are you going to get into the life? Are you you know? Is it, did you break up with the bookie this week? 
You know, the uh, United Methodist Church has a loud, uh, long and distinguished history of being uh, anti-gambling. And uh, so I am not much of a gambler, although I will tell you that uh, a friend dropped over a, a care package uh, this weekend and he got me a lotto card in there because uh, the Mega Millions was so high. I did not win any of the Mega Millions, as it were, but uh, the thought was a delightful we gesture. Know. So that was about as close to gambling as I have come in 2021. Yep. Plum, tell me about the United Methodist Church's stance on drinking and the fifth. I'm going to go ahead and take the fifth on that and appreciate your question. <laughs> so on to the next. Oh, so it's not derivative of, of the church. Okay, great. Uh, next up, CT and TC. How would you feel about your team? This is a great question. How would you feel about your team playing an opponent who had a positive COVID test the day before asking oh, for a friend? Good God. So, I mean, uh, for those who don't know, Michigan played uh, Purdue where Stevanovich had a positive test the day before. By all accounts, or slash Brendan Quinn, who is a very reliable source, uh, Michigan required Purdue's players to take two PCR tests in advance of the game. I will also say, as context for that, Josh Linkford practiced with a negative test and then felt sick during practice and tested positive and a few hours later. So, Plum, to you. Uh, two negative PCR tests taken sequentially would be about as um, accurate as you could get a negative test to be. So, um, what I would say is in that moment, if the game was going to be played right then, if you had those two tests and those two tests were negative, um, and they all passed them, they were not shedding virus in that game that it, that's about as effective as you can be in that two hour period. Uh, the likelihood that they would then all of a sudden it's, um, it just you're, you wouldn't you wouldn't have if enough you, if you're if the if the if those two tests but again just the odds if the two tests couldn't detect those the virus the viral load there you you wouldn't have enough to shed in that time frame so plum forget sports or forget science for a second let's say you're coaching or you're the athletic director of a top ten basketball team do you play that game against Purdue. <laughs> I mean, you're right. The risk is the risk is obnoxious, but this is the University of Michigan and they think they can control things and know things and can do things best of all. So, and apparently have the resources to expand. Well, you remember the you know, football the, team was um, I mean, those PCRs still take a couple hours to turn around to begin the season. So, correct. Uh, all right, next up from CT and TC this is a question that is reminiscent of the summer. Uh, you have to take one shot of Malort or flaming shot of 151. First off, hands raised. Who's taken Malort before? Uh, I spent some time in Chicago where I knew it as yeah, Jepson's. Jepson's Malort. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I was trying to remember. I like, I knew the word when I saw it, but it's, I know it. I knew it as Jepson's. Uh, but I'm going to go. Yeah, it's got to be 151. Oh, I'm going to take Malort. I don't want that fire risk. I'm like the hound. Oh, oh it's it's either on fire, you know, when you drink it, or it's on yeah, fire. Or when it's coming out. out. <laughs> All right. Next up from CT and CC is, are you a side sleeper, back sleeper, or weird phrasing, belly sleeper? Hmm. Hmm. Well, give it to us in, uh, sell us a pillow yeah. here, Mike Jones. Come on, my pillow guy. 
dig into that uh, bag of tricks of yours. Walk us through the system. Well, the first question is, are you a side sleeper or not? Yeah, I am. Yes. All right. Well, then you you want that gusset. You want that gusset to support your neck. You want the extra fill power. You got to get a side sleeper. But the question is, are you one of those things? And you're both side sleepers. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, I I start out on my side, but I I always wake up on my back. Then honestly, you should probably buy a pillow from Costco. I don't know what that means. They've got pretty great pillows at Costco. Uh, Anyway, next up, the Epidex Jerk Guy. Would you rather... All right. I'm not going to fix your typos up, don't you, okay? Would you rather have another basketball national championship in basketball or football? <laughs> I mean, the answer is football. <laughs> the answer is football far and away. This isn't even a question. I would love a basketball would... national championship in football. I would love it. The question is more like, what's the ratio that you would expect? Like, how many basketball natties would you give up for one football? And I would put the over-under at two. No, but Greg, reread the question. Yeah, I, he he knows what it is. It's it's yeah, a, it's a silly thing, and I'm not yeah. answering it because it's silly. Try harder. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up from the abductor guy, what did you think of Gabe Brown's game whenever they played last? Who? Uh, Who? <laughs> I can't remember. Also, I haven't been in. I haven't. I've not been impressed by Gabe Brown yet this season. So that, I guess that's what I would say. I don't really remember the game, but then I don't remember any of his performances especially fondly. I don't have a reason to debate that. Do you, Greg? I don't. But I have a question for you. The next up from the upper deck jerk guy, uh, <laughs> as as uh, as as our uh, as our host of the pod, Mr. Jones, co-host. When will Grooch be kicked off the pod? When? Look me in the eye as you answer this question. Mm. Um, Look me in the eye, you. Coward. Are you guys FaceTiming and I'm not on it? That's not fair. Oh. This is like the second time you've done that. Oh, just outed us again. And we did that time when we did it in person, too. Oh, my God. That uh, was very rude. <laughs> uh, honestly, depending on the survey feedback, if people don't respond to the survey, Grooch will probably be kicked off the pod because <laughs> he does this for a living. Yeah. And if we don't get responses, then what's his work? And we want to thank his employer for letting us use his Qualtrics. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> is, is he making a timeline note to cut He has that? to be. He has to be. Oh, it man. Stays. It stays. It stays. All right. That's when he gets kicked off the pod. If mm-hmm. anyone wants to buy document review from Beacon Hill, I'll out myself as well. All right. Uh, all right. Next up is Anthony Garvard with a quote uh, from Michael Scott. Don't let the fear of getting fired keep you from coaching the game. End quote. Jim Harbaugh. End quote. Michael Scott. Scott. <laughs> all right. We, we didn't talk about it last week. With with Jim Harbaugh and, and Greg, you were uninspired, and that's fair. But Jim Harbaugh did give a, co- a talk to the Michigan High School Athletic Association coaches or whatever, some coaches, in which he said his goals were several, but one of them was don't let the fear of getting fired keep you from coaching. It was it was simultaneously the the worst and best thing I'd seen ever from Jim Harbaugh. It was it was deranged. It was, he was only speaking to himself. It was literally that he had developed that PowerPoint that morning. 
I believe he used Comic Sans, and the the kerning and the type size were inconsistent throughout the slides. Kerning. Kerning. (laughs) That is a man who knows his typography. So I'm just, I need to be on record as saying that it was explicitly clear to all in attendance that that presentation was for an audience of one, and that one individual was wearing khaki pants. That audience was the mirror. (laughs) Uh, Next up. (laughs) Next up from the Garv. Prop bet of the week. Yes. The number of big time losses that MSU will have in basketball by the end of the season versus the number of players MSU will have averaging over 10 minutes of playtime <laughs> by the end of the season. Over under 10.5. Oh, wow. Garver, this is your best. It's, this is your he, best. He outdoes himself every week, and I want to know how. He, and he's, he also adds yeah. here those two are related. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, wow, Garver, this is your back. That hurts. That's a stinger. Strumming, you're but strumming my pain, Anthony Garver. Stinger. All right, singing my life with your words. Wow. Kill me softer, Fuji's. I I'm gonna pick under. I'm gonna pick it, under. It had better be under. Damn it! It's gonna be under. It's gonna be under. Garver, uh, Garver, keep track of this bet. It, yeah. it, at the end of the season. Fall back on us with this bet and 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 tell us where it shook out because I think this one more than any and you've given some us doozies. Yeah. But this <laughs> one this one is keep track of this one. This is this is good. And if it ends up over, because you never bet the under, but I'm betting the under. But if it ends up over and the season falls sideways like we think it has the possibility. Holy shit, man. We gotta do a we right, gotta do a raid on uh, a raid on the Breslin, I guess, right? We gotta assemble our Q fanatics and we gotta go take over the Brez. What a good Twitter question week. Yeah. Oh chains, man. Chains, B list, Garv, among others. This has been a great week. This um, needs to be we uh, need to oh. we need to we talk about the Twitter questions some men. Anyway, next up, Ev Marie, twenty-four. What is Plum mad about this? You know, I love it, and you know that I typically am, and I'm going to tell you what I am. I've already given these guys an earful about it. I'm engaged and enrolled, I should say, in the Moderna vaccine trial, and because I was sick this week with a pretty strong sore throat, had to report those symptoms because great overlap with um, with potential COVID infection. So COVID test came back negative, but because the Moderna trial, they wanted some blood draws. They wanted to do their own swab, two in fact. So two swabs, four vials of blood. They took them on Wednesday morning. They overnighted them to Kentucky where the Moderna Central Processing Lab is. And we're recording. It's 1030 at night on Sunday. And I still have not heard from them what the results of that confirmatory testing is. And that is for a, for a company which has received insane amounts of R&D and federal dollars to support the establishment development of this um, vaccine, responsible for this trial, responsible for collecting this data, responsible for for monitoring, messaging, and maintaining the work that we're, we're doing to, to get past this, to not be able to produce results, which Henry Ford Hospital could have collected this PCR and had the results back in two hours, uh, to have someone waiting for five days to get results back is the very absolute definition of irresponsibility when it comes to managing this thing. So um, I am I am uh, hopping mad, I think is the stage of mad that I'm at right now. And uh, I'm doing hops. Yeah. And uh, and that, that that that's what I'm at about this week. It's not exactly Operation Warp Speed, Moderna, is it? No, they're not. It's not. They're not. And I'll be. I, it's not. I'll be. I'll be growing a bob and turning into everyone's favorite Midwestern Karen to speak to some manager about that because that ain't right. Indeed. All right. Next up, 
can Rocket or Gabe take advantage of at least one game without Langford? I think this is a great question. Um, it's got to be Rocket, right? It, it's got to be Rocket. Yes. If if one of them way. is, but the question is, I, if one of them is going to take advantage on a consistency basis, who do you think that is? Who's gonna Who's gonna light up for more than one game? I mean, the truth is, Rocket has not been a very good shooter his entire MSU career. It's just, it's not been the case. So if, if someone's going to be consistent, it's going to be Gabe. I yeah. guess of the two of the two. That's options. upsetting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Jonesy for you from Ev Marie is coach K the actual worst or are Michigan fans who think their COVID shutdown is because MSU grads, uh, conspiracy the worst. Uh, so this is uh, in reference earlier to uh, Gretchen Whitmer potentially shutting down U of M uh, no, athletics to hamper the men's basketball team or some. Which one's worse? Which do you prefer? I mean, so if, for those who don't know, Coach K uh, lit up a a student reporter in a post game conference in which Duke lost. Um, and I would say Coach K is actually the worst, which is tough for me to say because yeah. Michigan fans are. You know, this is this is a great question, and it's a terrible question because in that moment, that moment, Coach K was the worst because he picked on a kid who was who was trying to do their best and asked a very legitimate question about what is Duke going to do next, and Coach K's like. Well, what's your major? What's your toughest class? Oh, well, imagine you got out of an econ exam and, you know, you, what are you going to do now? Well, probably go drink is the answer for the college kid. Let's, but, you know what? Hold on a second. I, I just want to, because you're, you're, you're talking about this like like Mike Krzyzewski's only bad when he's yelling at a This is a man who recruited Christian Leitner. This is a man who recruited Grayson <laughs> Allen, J.J. Redick. Uh, uh, Tyler Hansborough. This right? I mean, who? What? Mason Plumley. Like, I guess uh, this segment's also called wait, Name that, White Duke. Players. Literally, like, like it just they're because they're hated individuals. They are despised by 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 all college basketball fans, by all good Christians who watch and enjoy college basketball. So, no, Mike Shishovsky is the worst. Full stop. Just what a boob and what a gross looker too. Black. I, I do. I, I am hoping that this is sort of signaling that maybe Mike Shashevsky has had enough of the game. Um, Cause I could do without him in the sport. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. um, here, here. Let's yeah. go ahead. Sit in your feelings, Mike, get frustrated and please, please retire. retire soon. Yeah. 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 Bye. Yeah, I, I think Mike uh, Mike Shusevsky wants way more credit for being like I walked with Black Lives Matter, and um, no one should should criticize <laughs> uh. me. And no, dude, you're losing. I mean, it, look, we're here embracing it. It sucks. Yeah. D- don't be an asshole to a kid yeah. who's asking you a very legitimate question about what are you doing to go forward after losing a bunch. Yep. I mean, in fairness, MSU did beat Duke this year. Mm. So it's not as bad as what he's experiencing because MSU (laughs) did beat Duke. Fact. Wait, hey, Greg, did we beat Duke? 
MSU earlier this season did beat Duke at Wait. Cameron. Indiana. Remember how we Wait. felt when that happened? Do you guys remember how we felt? Remember how like remember when that was a top five matchup? Or remember something? when when there was like promise when we like had like there was a certain amount of expectation and hope. Remember hope? Chest chests were puffed out. Oh my! Look, I'm still puffed right. out. In the hey, yeah, Rex always puffed out. It's it's slender. It's slender. Slenderly but, puffed. Look, we are coming back from a long time off, and there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. But I do think, having watched other programs played, it is exciting to be back and playing again. Um, I think we've all missed this. Yeah? Yeah. And yeah. we're ready to talk about some games again. Yep. But uh, we thank those of you who have stuck with us, and we are looking forward to chatting next week, having two games to talk about. Dose. So. With that, a resounding go green to two. Go whites for the two games. Go white. Go white.